May I have your attention, please? This is it! Five, six, seven, eight. You've got talent. Let's see what we can do with it. You're gonna make me believe that you belong on that stage. Dancing on that show is my dream. I was given those beans, you persuaded me to trade away my cow for beans. I'm without those beans that have been no stock to get up to the giants in the first place. Wait a minute, magic beans for a cow so old that you had to tell a lie to sell it, which you told were they worthless beans, were they oversold? Oh, and tell and us welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to, to the movie gold. musical it's shakedown. Your no. I'm your host, Chris no, Peterson. Yes, Thrilled that you're joining us today for a trip down memory lane to 2014's Into the Woods. This podcast is brought to you by the Onstage Blog Podcast Network. Really excited you're joining us. We've got a great guest this week, Ashley Griffin, who's got her own podcast here on this network, Stage Directions. She's doing some really amazing things, but she's got some really, really good takes on this movie that is divisive. I think that's you know fair to say. I think it's got some mixed reaction. Um, there are people that I know that like it, and I know that there are people that loathe it. I have yet to meet someone who loves it, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, this is a classic case of basically what happens when certain studios get a hold of certain properties, and we saw a ton of material in the show cut from the final film. We saw storyline changes because of, you know, Disney's involvement, and uh, yeah, it, it left people with some mixed emotions, including... Stephen Sondheim himself. So it's an interesting watch. Um, a lot of opinions to, to have be had about it. So we'll get into all of it. So we're going to take a quick break. Ashley's going to join us after the break. But first, as always, here's the trailer. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. You wish to have the curse reversed? Go to the wood and bring me back a cow as white as milk. These beans carry magic. The cape as red as blood. Oh dear, how uneasy I feel. The hair as yellow as corn. The slipper as pure as gold. Go to the wood! And we're back, and I'm now joined by my good friend and frequent co-host, a new permanent co-host, rotating co-host. Ashley Griffin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. So glad that we have the time to talk because we've been we've been planning this one for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been on our it's been on the docket for a while. And um, folks, I wanted like I I just touched on it before, but I want to make the official announcement that um, with the movie musical shakedown, as if you're a frequent listener, you've probably seen that we've had like seven or eight people co-host this podcast on a rotating basis. I want to start limiting that. And I really wanted only maybe like two or three. And because Ashley is always so amazing on this podcast uh, with the research that she does, the knowledge that she brings, the opinions, the hot takes left and right. um, She is really one of the perfect people to have on this podcast, you know, so welcome. Thank you. I love doing it. Absolutely. So we're talking about Into the Woods today. How have you not done Into the Woods yet? I don't, you know, it's funny. I, I went back and I looked and first of all, I, I've done way too many animated musicals. People have been emailing me be like, Chris, stop with the animated musicals. I'm like, okay, I see your point. Um, and then I went through this period where I was like, maybe I should give like the cult um, musicals a try, which is why we did like Reefer Madness and things like that. But this season, because we're on season two of the movie musical Shakedown, I really want to go into the more iconic movie musicals, the classic movie musicals, the ones that we really all know and love. And um, that's why with Into the Woods, I think is is such an interesting one to do because it it when it when I first heard it was announced as it was gonna be a movie, I was like perfect. It it lends itself perfect to being a movie. When I heard that Disney was gonna do it, I was like, oh no, like what does that mean? Yeah. Um, and then as the cast started rolling out, I had different reactions. But let me ask you this actually, what was your initial reaction to seeing that into the Woods was going to be brought to the screen. 
I mean, I was so excited. I mean, I couldn't have been more excited for this movie because as we all know, I'm a total fairy tale nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Woods is one of my favorite musicals of all time. I have a long history with it that I'm sure we'll get into. Um, I, I could not be more excited for it to be adapted. And I think it's a perfect thing to be adapted. Absolutely. So, yeah, because we really haven't seen a lot of Sondheim adapted. I mean, we will now, especially in 20 years from now, we're going to get Merrily We Roll Along. But uh, <laughs> um, we really haven't. I mean, Sweeney Todd. I mean, we've seen little things here and there, but not a lot. There's not like night music from oh, and, and Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum, which I do right. love that movie. You're right. Um, so. Yeah, so we haven't we haven't gotten a lot of it, but um, we're starting to see more, obviously. And I just felt theatrically, cinematically, this really I thought would have worked the best because of just yeah. where we are technology wise. Um, as the casting started coming out, and as we started hearing some of the cast, because this is a murderer's row of of yeah. talent left and right. Um, what was your reaction to hearing some of these actors in these in these particular roles? Um, I thought that they were intelligent choices. There was nobody that I was like, what? Um, I think this is a really, really hard show slash film to cast under the best of circumstances. Mm. Because, and I really don't say this lightly. And one of the things that I'm probably going to bring up later is one of the elements to this is I kind of consider that there's another film of Into the Woods, which is there is a filmed version of the original cast. Um, which is obviously not a movie. It's it's a film, the, the stage production, um, which again, is not a movie, but I don't think you could get more perfect than that. And I love different casts. I love seeing what different people bring to things, but there's something about the original company of Into the Woods that like, you just, it's not that like you can't beat it. It's, it's, it's like each of those actors was born to play those parts. And those roles were crafted for them. And every other production that I've seen, including the film, as amazing of performances as I have seen and loved, all I'm doing the whole time is thinking about the original actor. Um, And so I feel like that's part of the difficulty with casting this anyway. Um, I thought that they made very intelligent casting choices with the film. Um, I know some people have issues with like, Meryl Streep's not really a singer. I think she was fine. my biggest issue in all honesty was casting children as little red and Jack. I know know Danielle Furland was young when she played it on Broadway, but she came, but the thing about both those characters is the subtext of those roles is kind of about a sexual awakening and about, you know, growing up. Both of those performers were way too young for any of those conversations to be happening. So it took them both, it erased kind of all the subtext of giants in the sky. And I know things now Um, it also made their snarkiness and tomfoolery like great. They're cute kids. Whereas like when Jack is kind of an older teenager, it's like, you know, when his mother says, sometimes I fear your touch, like it kind of makes sense when it's like an 11 year old doing that. It's like, dude, he's like a cute 11 year old. Like stop using your son. Like he's fine. So that was honestly my biggest, I think, issue in general was I, I felt like those two characters needed to be cast older. Yeah, I, I mean, really. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I mean, uh, when when they started rolling out the cast list, there was one cast member that I was like, ooh, and we'll talk about that during the huge uh-huh. moments because that's a big one. Uh, but the other one was Chris Pine. As was it one of, Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah just, to, just to tease I, that I, out there. We're up to in that. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about that. Uh, but yeah, Chris Pine as one of the princes, I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't. I didn't see that initially. Um, I was like, okay, that, you know, you might have to convince me on that. And then I was actually really, really stoked about James Corden being cast at the Baker because, and this is before Corden was on his, he had his talk show. Uh, so this was before well, we, we knew, all knew him from, you know, one man, two governors. We all, I mean, the theater people knew him. So yeah. it was like when he got cast, like all the theater people were like, oh my God, yes. Yeah. Um, and so that was, it kind of led, it, it lent the movie some theater cred, so to speak. Right. At that end. But um, when the first trailer came out, I mean, obviously it was gorgeous. Um, yeah. Again, with with Disney producing, and I remember writing this in, in, in an article that it was actually when I when when we first started this blog, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I really one of the first articles that really kind of caught fire for us was me complaining about 
into the woods. <laughs> and so one of my big complaints was the fact that Disney was producing this thing. And right. because Disney is so ingrained with fairy tales, Cinderella, Sleeping mm-hmm. Beauty, like all these other things, um, that a lot of the elements of Into the Woods, we weren't going to see because yeah. there's just no way they're going to do that. Um, yeah. You know, they're not going to kill Rapunzel. It's just not going to happen. So, um, and I remember saying that I thought that by doing that and changing that story so dramatically, it would set a bad precedent for these movie musical adaptations going forward. I don't think that's happened, but what did you think about the changes that they made, um, you know, Disney made for this movie, so to speak? Um, I have major issues with a lot of them. I don't know if it's Disney though. I, that's the thing. I You never kind of know whose responsibility certain things are. Mm. Um, I kind of feel like a lot of the things I had issue with were more Rob Marshall's doing actually purely based on interviews that I heard with him and hearing him explain why he did those things. Who knows? Maybe he was getting edicts from Disney, but the issues that I had um, were when the actual themes of the show were erased or undermined Mm, for silly reasons. Um, like, oh, we just, and I don't, I don't even mean like we need to condense things because obviously you need to change things. You need to condense things. But um, I just remember, and I'm sure we'll get to individual ones later, but there were just like silly reasons for them. And it's like, but do you not understand thematically what that was doing? And you don't have to keep it the same way, but you need to make sure that that theme is intact. And a lot of the themes that I adore about the show, I felt like we're just completely erased. Um, if this was my first exposure to Into the Woods, I don't think I would really enjoy it. I don't think I would really get what the point of it was. Mm. Um, and yeah, I felt, I, I, and then there were other things like there were, there was a lot of conversation about like Sondheim was like rewriting some lyrics and stuff. Great. I don't understand the necessity. I mean, they weren't, they weren't bad changes, but I didn't understand why like the actual lyric changes that were made were so like, sort of like, why? Like, I mean, it's it, like, it's fine, but like, why? Like Cinderella is going to the grave at the willow tree instead of the grave at the hazel tree. Like, mm-hmm. okay, again, fine. Like, why? Um, and a lot of like Cinderella on the steps of the palace is now sung in the first person instead of the second person. And there's that whole verse added about like the mythology around the blue moon. And that's why. Mm. And one of the things I have issue with, with Disney and fairy tales in general is there seems to be all this, we need to fill in plot holes that like aren't actually plot holes. And so they do these little things that then make a million other things still not make sense. Like, okay, she has to do this by the time the blue moon appears. Great. How long have you known the blue moon is appearing? Why have you not been spending a year working on getting these objects? You know, like just let things be ethereal and we don't have to explain all the magic and, and, and stuff like that. So I don't, I really don't understand a lot of the changes that were made. I'm trying to think if there's any changes that I really agreed with. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't think so. It was a little baffling to me and it felt like a lot of it took away from what into the woods is. That's not to say there shouldn't be changes, but I felt like some of the opportunities in adapting this to a new medium were completely lost. Um, like, okay, for example, they made the baker the narrator from the get-go, which A, I think takes away a lot from it. It takes away things from the ending and, and all that and whatnot. But I remember thinking like, great. So if the whole point of a lot of this is we're going to set up a happy fairy tale world and then like destroy it, why not look at what the conventions are of telling fairy tales on film, which are different than in the theater. Mm -hmm. And then let's use those to our advantage and mess with it. Like in the way they did in Enchanted, really, I thought beautifully. Great. Let's adapt this new medium. And how do we tell fairy tales on film? I also like little things. I find it fascinating that they're, the entire first almost 20 minutes of the film is shot in pretty extreme close-ups or some medium shots. Every fairy tale, classic fairy tale on film I've ever seen, sweeping shots. Let's see the village. Let's see the forest. Let's see these different things. Like it feels claustrophobic. Right. Fairy tale movie that Disney's making. So 
I don't know. It just, for me, it felt like, and Rob Marshall's brilliant. I highly recommend, um, Lindsay Ellis is one of my favorite, um, YouTubers ever has like an hour long analysis of Joel Schumacher's Phantom of the Opera Ooh. and she opens it with, um, an examination of a lot of things that have to do with musicals on film. But one of the things she talks about is stylization and, and about diagenic versus non-diagenic and how you, the different choices for stylization. And she uses Chicago as like a wonderful example of how a show was adapted for film using a stylization that really worked for that piece. Um, and it felt like there were no choices made for into the woods other than what are we going to trim? It just mm. it feels like there was no stylistic choice other than this is going to be our color palette. It's going to be pretty. And we're going to cut this material for these reasons. And there's so much that I think could have been done to really make it work in the filmic medium that I was just really disappointed by. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, I can't even imagine what our like songs that you would wish were in this is going to be because needless to say, there's a lot of them. So um, let's move on to some of our categories real quick. So, we, you know, we know with these movie musicals, um, you know, there's going to be those moments that you know tug at the heartstrings a little bit more uh, than others, and I call these dusty room moments where the room just gets a tad dusty, those eyes get watery, things like that. Um, here's the thing: I watched this movie just like you, the original cast. Um, there are moments in there that I'm just like I'm fanning my eyes because oh, it's just constantly, absolutely brilliant, brilliant work. Yeah. Um, I, not a single time did I do that during in this movie. No. And I would agree. And I think that that's the problem is the, it's like the heart got sucked out of this show. Mm -hmm. it, it breaks my heart, but yeah, I, no, I, I didn't, I didn't feel that either when I was watching the movie. Nothing. It was one, it's just, it was weird. It was like, I should be more emotionally invested in this and I'm just not like, it's weird. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no dusty room moments for any of us. Um, all right. This is the fun part. How yeah. about the yeesh moments? Okay. Okay. So let's talk about the big yeesh of this whole movie. And I feel like that's the casting of Johnny Depp. Mm -hmm. Um, I was first of all, I when they when they cast him, this was right around the time where all those rumblings about his issues started to come up. And I was just right. like, oh, like this might not be the this best. This is the role that we want to see him. Right. Be. This might not be the best role ever. And then we saw the design of the wolf. And yeah. um First of all, I didn't like it because I felt that they, the design of the character made no sense whatsoever. You're making him look like a 1920s some odd well, gangster. You know why that happened? Because why is that? Yeah, do you know. This is actually what makes me angry about it. Johnny Depp, and I, this is in some interview that he's done. You can look it up. He, they, everybody was sort of like, "Oh my gosh, it's like Johnny Depp," you know. And he got paid a million dollars to do that one song. Um, he like graciously lowered his feet from 20 million and he just showed up and was like, you know, the way that like the big bad wolf looks in the animated little Disney cartoon, like the zoot suit 20 thing, like, I want to look like that. And everybody was like, okay, Johnny Depp, we'll do whatever you want. And it was like a thing that he wanted and it made no sense with the rest of the film. Um, also, and again, not saying you have to do everything like the stage production, but in the stage production, the actor who plays Rapunzel's prince also plays the wolf. And there's a great metaphoric significance to it, mm -hmm. especially with film where you could have done so much amazing, like makeup or CGI that you didn't even realize it was Chris Pine. I, I, I feel, I feel like it was just a, um, a cash grab to be able to say that Johnny Depp was in their movie and it added like zero to the film. Nope, nothing. I remember watching it and I, I walked out, I went to go see it with my wife and we were both really, really excited to see this movie. And we walked out and I said, there was no reason for Johnny Depp to be in that movie. No. Like, like whatever tickets were going to be sold because of this movie were already going to be sold because of the cast that was in it. He yeah. brings nothing more to the table and brought nothing more to the table. No. Um, you know, it's just, it, yeah, that, that performance. And then, like you said before, when you've got actual children Mm -hmm. playing these characters that song hello little girl just got really uncomfortable oh and the shot where he like opens his coat and he has candy in there i was like oh my gosh like no like mm -hmm. stop because the whole point of that again is she's like you know she's she's young and innocent but she also has a mind of her own and she's like a little intrigued by it and she's old enough that like it's a conversation that can be had you know lilla crawford 
who at the time was like had just come off Annie and was she's probably older than she looked, but was like 12 or something. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. It was just it, it that was just uncomfortable. How about you? Any other yeesh moments for this movie? Um, This is random, but it was the absence of one thing. I think I literally like exclaimed something in the theater when um, Agony 2 d- didn't happen. Yes. Like didn't happen. Um, so basically these princes, you can completely take them at face value and like, they're fine, nice people. And I was just like, what? Um, also because I thought agony was a, a total highlight of the movie. And when I was so disappointed by everything else, I was like, okay, but agony two is coming. And no, it's not. No, <laughs> nope. it, wasn't. it didn't get um, any of that. Yeah. No. Um, there were a lot of yeesh moments, I think for me. When they started talking about the blue moon, it was really strange. Um, I just sort of felt a little uncomfortable the whole time. Mm. Um, yeah, Johnny Depp, not not the best choice. Right. Yeah. It just it just I felt like I was watching this movie, and I just felt like I was watching a theater company do this movie, and that just made changes on their own. Like, all right, we're just gonna change whatever we want about this movie to make it fit our oh. own narrative, and. Uh, it just it just failed for me on, on almost every level uh, on that end. But yeah, yeah, I agree. crazy. I, and the, and just the 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 actual direction, like the actual shots. I don't. Oh, here was a big yeesh moment for me. Was mm-hmm. when um, ever after, which is normal, like the end of Act One. Yes. Goes immediately into the giantess showing up immediate like immediately like two seconds after everything's resolved at cinderella's wedding the giantess shows up i was shocked mm-hmm. and that that took a lot away from me it co- and again i'm not saying that like the song has to be there but the whole point of the transition between act one and act two in the musical is a lot of time has go- gone by everyone's gotten their wish you know basically the end of act one is the way all the fairy tales traditionally end and everybody's still unhappy and they're still like kind of wanting things. And that moment was gone of like, mm-hmm. we're still not satisfied. And then the threat comes in of like, oh, well, you also have to deal with your actions. And so like time had gone by. And this is the thing that I don't understand is like film, you can do so much more than even with, with certain things than theater. Like, let's have a montage of seeing what Cinderella's life is like in the castle. Let's see. You know, let's let's see the passing of time. There's comedy you could have there. There's beautiful shots you could have there. It could take literally 10 seconds. Um, And all you would need is Cinderella saying, I wish. You wouldn't even need the whole song. Like, Mm. just get the little thing in there. Um, It was the moments. It was the moments when it was it felt clear that the people making the movie did not know what the show was about and didn't know what the themes of this piece were about that. I was like literally cringing at so yeah that's a good point that's a good point um yeah just yeah it just i just had weird weird feelings about watching this whole movie um, left and right so there you go um all right well before you start moving into our rating the movie on its singing dancing acting and design um i always like to bring out some casting what ifs because and there's um, a for this laundry list for this one so so and i always like to ask the question when we when we uncover these would this movie have been better if this person was uh, cast instead? So famously, um, Ashley, this movie was supposed to come uh, around in the mid-90s. This was yeah. like the point. So um, and what was that? With Goldie Hawn. With Goldie Hawn, exactly. And so uh, Penny Marshall was going to um, direct and things like that. But um, a couple of the cast members that were um, talked about uh, was uh, Cher was right. attacked. I don't know exactly what role i don't know if it was i don't know it was for the witch the witch okay so let me ask you this would this movie in 1994 have been better with Cher as the witch you know it's really interesting because uh, i've actually worked quite a bit at the Cher show and um got to briefly meet Cher in person and i've i've always like loved Cher's work didn't know very much about her i feel like now i know a ton about her and have even more respect for her i feel like if you had asked me that question like six months ago I would have said like, oh, I don't think that that would be the best choice. Now, I think she would have surprised everybody. I think wow. she would have been a really interesting choice for it. 
um, I think she would have been given a killer um, stay with me. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think she would have been interesting. Don't necessarily think she would be like the dream choice for it, but I think she would have surprised people. Nice. nice. Yeah. Another actor that was considered for the role of the baker uh, was Matthew Broderick of all people. Um, and I could kind of see that. Um, would this movie have been better with Matthew Broderick, do you think? I don't think it would have been better. I think James Corden did a great job. Um, the thing about Matthew Broderick, I always like to, um, I think about this comment that somebody made about how to succeed when Matthew Broderick was cast in the, one of the, in the revival in the 90s. Um, they said that a lot of people were worried that it wouldn't work because in the original with Robert Morse playing Ponty, the idea was that Ponty was kind of loopy and everybody else around him was sort of normal. Mm. And Matthew Broderick is not kooky. He's he's very nice and sweet and, um, you know, but normal in a lovely, lovable way. And the way that they did the revival was that then Ponty was kind of the normal one and everyone else around him was crazy. Um, I feel like in Into the Woods... Everyone needs to be a little whimsical to a degree. And mm -hmm. I feel like he almost might have been too normal to fit into the world, if that makes sense. That does like, make sense. Wow. Like the baker and the baker's wife are obviously the audience surrogates and need to be the most normal of everyone. But even they like have their quirks. And I don't think I would describe anything about Matthew Broderick as quirky as much as I love him and think he's great. Um, I, I just don't feel like his niche is in the kind of world of into the woods as much mm -hmm. as I think he's a great performer. Good point. Good point. Um, another actor that was considered for the wolf at some point uh, was Alan Cummings. So oh, yes. Oh, I, I mean, I want Alan Cumming in everything. He would be great. <laughs> um, the thing is the thing that Alan Cumming doesn't really have organically is that sort of, um, machismo kind of skeezy straight man kind of quality if that mm -hmm. makes sense um sure. so i feel like i feel like the wolf kind of needs that but what he's maybe lacking in that he makes up for in delightful creepy whimsy i feel <laughs> i feel like i would pay to go see a movie just to see him do that whether or not it's the best choice but i would pay money to see him do that Absolutely. Absolutely. And the final one I want to share with you real quick, someone who uh, actually auditioned for the role of the baker's wife and did not get it was Tina Fey. Oh, she would be great. She would be great. And, you know, I would like, again, I think probably the singing was the thing because Tina Fey's not a singer. And I don't know if she she's not a singer in the way of like, oh, with film magic, she could kind of pass or like she's sure. not a singer. Um Emily Blunt, I adore, and I think she was great as the baker's wife, but I feel like she she brought like more quirk than maybe Matthew Broderick would bring, but she was like a lovely heroine. Whereas mm -hmm. Tina Fey, like some of the comedy that Joanna Gleason had, I feel like Tina Fey would be like right on there. I feel like if you maybe took Tina Fey and Emily Blunt and like crushed them together, maybe like ideal film version of the baker's wife. Right. But I'd love to see what Tina Fey would do with that part. I think she I think she would be great. And that's definitely been interesting. One of the other ones that I'm interested in is Catherine Zeta Jones was considered for the witch. Oh, that's, yeah. That's one I'd be really curious to see. I think <laughs> I think she would be great. And she's a musical theater woman. You know, she could sing the heck out of that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, she, I think <clears throat> she'd done um uh 42nd Street on the West End, like uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a tapper by trade. Like, yeah, total, total cred, you know, up and down on that end. So that's awesome. Also awesome. And the one well, thing we're missing, sorry, it's really quick. The one thing please. we're missing with the witch is that transition when she transitions. And again, Meryl Streep is lovely and she's beautiful and stunning and all that. But it's the idea that she goes from like an old crone to like a woman in her thirties, like, you know, stunning statuesque in her prime. And Somebody like Catherine Zeta-Jones is somebody who would be able to make that transition in in that way. Whereas Meryl Streep did a beautiful transition, but it wasn't this like stunning, like change of time in your life thing that happened. You right. Know? Which exactly. was something I missed a little bit, but it's a good point. That's a really good point. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into ranking our singing, acting, dancing, and design, because of course all four really need to be 
good in order for it to be a truly good movie musical. So let's start off, let's start off with the singing, um, Ashley. How did you feel about the singing in like Into the Woods? It's fine. I feel yeah. like some of the stuff was maybe a little too auto-tuned. Um, mm-hmm. like, like it took some of the acting out a bit. But like again, it's fine. I heard somebody say, if you if you want to listen to a great like album of a show, then like go get the great album. Like the film doesn't have to be like the definitive album that you listen to all the time. Um, I thought it was, like I thought it was fine. Yeah, me too. I, I, I you could definitely you could definitely hear the auto tune on some of yeah. these, uh, especially Chris Pine and things like that. But um, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. It, I didn't feel like it was terrible. I didn't feel like there was a single cast member that couldn't sing necessarily yeah. like, so like you know that, yeah. that i think that helped as well um how about the the dancing in this movie i mean there wasn't a lot any dancing in the movie yeah i mean i went back and i was like i don't really see any choreo- and it and that's weird for a rob marshall film because he's such a good choreographer well but i mean there's not really in the original show right um, ironically um a very dear family friend her brother is lars lubavitch who was the choreographer of the original broadway production oh, um wow. And I, I first saw Into the Woods partly because of her. It was one of the first, like, quote unquote, adult musicals that I ever saw, and it like changed my life. And um, yeah, so I've heard sort of firsthand about that. But I mean, even in the original show, there's not really dancing. Like, mm. there's light choreography at the end of Act One, you know? So that's about it. So I kind of put like non applicable there. So um, how about the acting for this movie? How'd you feel with the acting? Um, I feel like I don't know how to comment because I feel generally a little meh about it. And I don't know how much of that is certain actors or how Mm -hmm. they were directed. Um, I, there are certain people I thought did a phenomenal job. There are certain people I thought did like a lovely job. Um, And then like Johnny Depp, you know, I'm going to circle back to him. I mean, if I was giving it like on a scale of one to 10 and if I were averaging everyone into it collectively, like six and a half, you know, like it's fine. It's fine. That's the thing about this movie. It's fine. And that's what makes me, that's, that's what makes me so upset. Like I don't, I don't feel anything. I'm not angry at it. Like I'm not, I'm not like livid at this movie. Um, But it's just like meh. Which is so tragic, I think. Yeah, so. I agree. I was, I was right. I gave it a five overall for acting because I was just like, yeah, it all kind of just evens out at you know five. And you're right. It just everything about it is just meh, except for I felt the last category, which was design. This is where I actually gave it its highest mark. I actually gave it a nine uh, for design because I just thought the sets and the costuming and the design of it was fantastic. How'd you feel? I wouldn't give it a nine. I thought it. I thought it was beautiful. Um, and I think did Colleen Atwood do the costume design for it? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, if not, I'm, I'll I'll correct myself. But I yeah, think it was Colleen Atwood. Um, I'm trying to look it up too. Um, I mean, Colleen Atwood can kind of do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is they did, and again, she's, it was Colleen Atwood, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Just, saw, yeah. She she did not recreate anything by any stretch of the imagination, but the design of the original show is beautiful and iconic and she paid great homage to it. Um, so I think a lot of what the base of what worked has its roots in the original show. I don't mm-hmm. think it was, it kind of came along from scratch. Um, I do feel like um, the first half and second half of the movie look too similar to each other. Um, we start out very dark and gritty from literally the first shot. I mean, the first shot is like cloudy skies Um I thought the tower, the, the tower was my favorite. The tower, the design of the tower and Rapunzel was incredible. And, mm-hmm. and that was so cinematic. And that was something that I thought they did a great job adapting for film. Um, I, I don't know. I'd maybe for design, I'd maybe give it like an, like an eight. Yeah. Like an eight. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's, it's lovely. Um, it is go. very all one tone, but that could be the cinematography, not the design. Right. Although running cinematography and design, okay. I don't. There you I go. <laughs> all right, so let's saturation in places. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into um, the the numbers that we needed, numbers that we could do without numbers. 
uh, that you might be fast forwarding to if you could watch this again. So with numbers that we needed, we had a lot cut from this movie. Um, I'm looking so at the list right now, actually. It's it's quite uh, quite substantial. So if you had to pick one song that was cut, which one would you like to put back in this thing? Um. Oh, gosh. There, there are three. In all mm-hmm. honesty, there's three. Um, Agony Reprise. It, I just feel like it has to be there. Um, some version of So Happy. The song doesn't need to be there, but like I said, literally even if Cinderella just said I wish, like that beat has to be there. Right. But No More was the moment that broke my heart. And I've heard interviews about why it was cut, and apparently the reason Rob Marshall gave was we don't want two ballads back to back because it's no more followed by no one is alone. And mm-hmm. we want the ballad to have the biggest punch because film audiences can't sit through, through two ballads in a row. And um, I don't agree with his logic on it. Um, I think no more is a giant thematic tentpole of this show. It might be my favorite number in the piece period. If he had a problem with two ballads in a row, I don't think that no more has to be, necessarily be at that moment i think that there are maybe places it could have been moved to mm-hmm. um but i i feel like that song has it has to be there it has to be there somehow because you're it's like great you can only sit through one ballad okay but you're missing a giant thematic moment in the piece so right. which was not made up somewhere else yeah. um, but the but agony agony made me angry no more like ripped my heart out that it wasn't in there yeah, that is that's one of those uh, moments in the original musical that I'm just I'm gone. Like I'm just a yeah. mess. And to not have it there. I mean, what was what was weird was like the second that we didn't have a narrator, I knew. Like I was like, okay, that's not that song's out. <laughs> like I just I, I didn't look at the soundtrack before walking into the movie. So I just had a feeling like, oh my God, that's not, that moment's not gonna be here. And um sure enough, yeah, it wasn't. And that just that stunk. Um uh, they needed to do something more with the mysterious man and like a narrator. <clears throat> okay, you already have narration and it's a movie. And in like every fairy tale, there's some sort of narrator. You could have done something with it. Like how hilarious if they start like yelling at the voice in the sky, mm-hmm. the narrator, and they somehow get rid of the narrator. That way. I mean, I don't know, but um, I thought a lot of the choices were not great. And it actually, it made me think of around that time there was, um, they did Into the Woods in Central Park and they did a very experimental production that had transferred over from the UK where there was a child that was the narrator and stuff. And it was like cool and revolutionary. And literally the concept worked for 30 seconds at one specific, people will disagree with me and I apologize, but um, it was like, there were other giant moments in the show that didn't work because they were trying to shoehorn this one 30 second, beautiful moment into it and trying to make everything else around it work. And I sort of felt like Rob Marshall saw that production and was like, this is sort of what we need to do for the film, but not really. And so all the things that didn't really work about it kind of got transferred to the film. Um, mm. Yeah. No more. If I ever get to do Broadway backwards, like no more is the song that I'm singing. I love there you it. Go. I, love I love it love so it. much. And that really ripped my heart out. And James Corden would have done it so beautifully. Oh, it would have been gorgeous. It would have been yeah. gorgeous. Um, anything you would cut? I mean, they already cut enough of this movie as it was, but any movies, that, any numbers that you could do without? Okay, so here's the question. Are we talking about songs in the show or songs as they specifically occur in this film? Ooh. Let's do both, if, if you have answers for both. Um, songs in the show, no. I think it's a really tight show. I don't think you can get rid of anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, are there maybe some songs I listen to more than others on the soundtrack? Sure, but there's nothing that I would cut out of it. Um, in the movie... I would cut Hello Little Girl. You know. I'm surprised that Disney allowed it in there. Like that was the thing that was like when I heard Disney was gonna produce this, I automatically thought, okay, well they're gonna completely change the wolf role in this and there's no way that they're gonna sing Hello to Hello Little Girl. And sure enough they did. Um so and yeah, I was careful my toe in there too. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. yeah. So I guess yeah, those two numbers I probably was like, you know what? Yeah, I mean Take those out and substitute other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really didn't like the interpretations of I know things now and giants in the sky, but I would not want those numbers cut from the show. Sure, sure. Um, how about numbers that you're gonna fast forward to? Anything that you're like, if if you need to watch this movie and fast forward to anything particular, what what are you gonna go to? 
Well, in all honesty, with this particular movie, the moments that I would watch again are kind of anything with the witch and Rapunzel. I really love those moments and uh, stay with me. I think is, is done in a lovely way. Um, and agony, I think is really fun to watch. Um, in all honesty, in this movie, there's nothing that I'm really fast forwarding to. I think it's a real Testament that this is one of my favorite musicals of all time. And after seeing it that initial time, I had no desire to watch it again. I, I went to rewatch it for this and I got about halfway through and I was so bored. I was like, I can't, I can't watch the rest of it. Like, I know, I know it. <laughs> I, I feel terrible saying that. But by contrast, whenever somehow the um, film of the Broadway production comes on, I'll always keep watching that. Start like, to finish. whatever it is in that. Um, and that's the thing about this is it's not like there was no Into the Woods set on film. You know, for all the high schools or regional theaters that like wanted to watch the movie to give a sense of what it was, it, it wasn't a situation of like, okay, well, at least we have something on film that they can go and rent. There's mm -hmm. an alternative. You can go get the Bernadette Peters one. And I would highly recommend people watching that over this movie is the thing. So it's like there is an alternative. And with this show just sort of being so meh, I, I'm just like, just go watch the 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 original company because you you cannot beat it you just you can't beat it definitely definitely all right well let's give out some awards if we can uh, for yeah. this one yeah <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Julia Award which usually goes to who we feel is the best singer in this film um, who would you give it to in this cast are we saying the best technical singer or the one who vocally gave the best performance let's go with vocally gave the best performance okay um hmm. I feel like maybe I feel like everybody wants me to say Anna Kendrick and I love Anna Kendrick and I think she did a great job. I feel like my heart kind of wants to go with James Corden. Mm -hmm. um, I think Emily Blunt was fine. I don't think that's really an award you want to give out with this movie. Yeah. In particular. What was interesting was, and I really, cause I, my initial thought when watching this movie the first time was everybody was kind of on the same level. It was very kind of just like, mm, like yeah. no one really was standing out. And I went back when I watched it again uh, the other night, I said, okay, really, I'm going to try to look for who really is standing out in this company. And again, once again, nobody really was yeah. like locally standing out. So um, I didn't give it to anybody. I was just like, mm -hmm. yeah, I also feel like there, I also get the feeling. And some of this is I've watched interviews with them on creating it and I feel like everybody was so scared of getting a Sondheim note wrong that it becomes, I feel like this is actually a great version to listen to if you want to know exactly what every note in the score is. Mm -hmm. One of the analogies that I've heard um, people talk about is Cinderella right in the beginning, um, the so be nice Cinderella, good Cinderella, nice, good, good, nice. I mean, it literally is just, it sounds almost like a vocal exercise of each individual note. So be nice, Cinderella, good Cinderella, you know, as mm. opposed to all the great recordings where she's getting emotional about, so be nice, Cinderella, good Cinderella, you know, and it's maybe not exactly accurate. I mean, certainly on pitch and whatnot, but I feel like, I just feel like I can feel the tension of everybody being like, oh dear God, I got to get this note correct for what's written, Definitely. which is for some people is, is a valid thing because some people weren't necessarily singers going into it, but I feel like some of the acting, the vocal acting was lost. Mm. How about Russell Crowe? Is there any Russell Crowe words that you would give out for this? I mean, Johnny Depp's not really singing that song. He, <laughs> he does this like speaking singing, which yeah. I think, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. I mean, that big last note at the end, hello. I mean, it literally is end, hello. It's like, <laughs> why? Um, I I don't think there's any, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any Russell Crowe's. Although, yeah. Russell Crowe, I didn't have as giant a problem with. I mean, everybody was really horrified. But I'm like, eh, whatever. Like, I can go listen to a great recording of it. It's fine. It's, there all, you it's go. fine. It's okay. Um, yeah, but the thing, the whole movie is meh. There's yeah. That's spectacular, but there's no one that's like a disaster either. So. Right. Right. Um, how about any bumlet awards that you had for this one? Anybody that just kind of stood out to you that like, hey. Like especially like secondary characters or extras or things like that, like that they're are not in the main cast, so to speak. That you're just like, yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, 
Well, well, this is a side thing, and they are in the main cast, but Rapunzel and Rapunzel's Prince, I really loved in this. The fact that Rapunzel didn't die, I think, is is a is a strong problem. I think it's a really big problem, but the way that they're done is is delightful. Um, on rewatching, there are random, and there's so few, like there's so few and far between, there are random shots of like the town with some extras. All the extras are like wearing the same costume and none of them look like fairy tale characters. They look like normal, like villagers from any movie set in, I don't know, whatever era that is. Like, I don't know, what era would that be? Like the 1850s or something like that? I, we're I going guess. To, we're going yeah. back times, like the 1850s. Um, and that makes me so perplexed in like a frustrated way because theoretically this whole world is populated by like fairy tale characters. And I'm like, who are all of you people? Mm -hmm. Like, because you're all so generic, which makes me want to know about, like, you know, Joe Smith, who was living in, like, you know, two doors down from the witch, who, like, had no fairy tale adventure or something like that. Um, those birds also of Cinderella's are not cuddly in any way, shape, or form. Like, they look like they should be in the birds. Right. So I kind of right. what they're off doing when Cinderella's not quite <laughs> It sort of feels like like it's all these like creepy blackbirds. When they first come, it feels like Cinderella like made it like sold her soul to the devil in order for like her own flock of ravens or something. Um, right. Who else? I don't. I, I don't, uh, such an ensemble piece anyway. There's not really any minor characters. No, not really. I mean, I gave it to Lucy Punch as Lucinda uh, because I just love Lucy Punch and she's just great. Lucinda, um, who was so good as Judy Garland. Um, yeah, they do, they do a lovely job. And Christine Baranski, I mean, Ugh. I mean, come on. Amazing, amazing. Um, real quick, last thing I want to um, read off to you real quick is I, I didn't realize this. Um, <clears throat> so when they were developing this back in 2012, mm -hmm. um, they did they devoted a three-day reading of an updated screenplay. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. So I'm reading off this cast list, and I'm like, why wasn't the, this uh -huh. the cast of Lord the movie? Lord was Rapunzel in it, right? What was that? Laura Osnes was Rapunzel. <clears throat> so Laura, Osnes, they had Laura Osnes as Rapunzel, yeah. um, Taylor Trench as Zach, mm -hmm. um, Allison Janney as Jack's mother. Wait, uh, Taylor Trench as oh, it's Jack. Sorry, it sounded like you said Zach, and I'm like, who is that? Who is Zach? Zach? Right? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so it had um, <clears throat> um, Anna Kendrick was still as Cinderella, so it looked like they always had her in mind. Uh, Michael McGrath, who I adore, uh, was playing the mysterious man, and mm -hmm. uh, in that. Um, Cheyenne Jackson was going to be Rus Rapunzel's prince. Oh, I love that so much, especially if he had doubled as the wolf. I love Cheyenne Jackson. Um, Ivan Hernandez was actually going to play the wolf and Cinderella's prince. Um, Megan Hilty was playing Lucinda at the time, and Tammy Blanchard was still as Florinda. Uh, Christine Bransky was still the stepmother. Uh, yeah. But Donna Murphy was the witch. Oh, which I think is a great choice. The, I mean, thing, the thing that really frustrates me, because a lot of films do those kind of readings ahead of time, and what it feels like they do is that those readings, they cast the people that really are the best people for it, like the people they really want, mm -hmm. and then they make the movie, and then they get like the movie star names. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, just at some point, like, let's please take a chance on the people that legitimately are the best for it. Right. I mean, they had Nina Arianda playing the baker's wife uh, in that reading. Who oh, I love her. Love her. Love her. Does she, oh, does, does she sing? Does I, she sing? Never knew her as a singer, but hey, yeah, I would have been down for that. Oh, she's uh, great. She saw did. her in Venus and Fur, thought she was brilliant. Um, and then uh, Victoria Clark was playing Cinderella's mother, Granny, and the Giant. And that who, who was Little Red? And who was Little Red? Uh, so the original little, uh, the Little Red that they brought in for the reading was a woman by the name of Casey Wyland. Oh, she's adorable. And yeah, it's like Daniel Furland a little bit. Um, oh, she's so cute. She's so cute. And she looks right at that age where she's still like a kid, but the kid who's starting to get interested in making out in the backseat. There you go. She there looks, you go. oh, she looks great. Oh, I would be so interested. I don't, I don't know anything about her as a performer, but just purely based on the photo I'm looking at, um, she looks adorable. So Casey Weiland, if you're out there, I'd love to see you perform sometime. Yeah. So let me ask you, let me wrap this up by asking you one question and uh, i'd love to know your thoughts on this should this get a remake a hundred percent a hundred percent it should get a remake it should get a remake with 
Guillermo del Toro directing it. Ooh, okay. I'd be on board with that. Um, with Guillermo del Toro directing it and an independent film company doing it so that they can do it on a smaller budget but do it the way that it really should be done. Mm -hmm. I sort of feel like if you liked the design of this movie, if, like, just imagine if Guillermo del Toro, like, designed it. And he's so into fairy tales and stuff, too. Um, I feel like this movie needed to start looking like a Disney movie. It needed to start looking like the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Mm. And then by the end of it, it needed to look the way that it ended up looking. But no, I think 100% it should get a remake and it should be done the way that it is meant to without being sort of a generic wash to appeal to everybody. Absolutely. 100% right. 100%. Well, actually, this was, again, another fantastic podcast uh, by you. Thank you, Thank you. Um, real quick, uh, where can people find you on social media if you want to be found to, to get updates on all the things that you're involved with? I'm only on social media so that people <clears throat> not find me and be able to look me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, my website is ashleygriffinofficial.com, A-S-H-L-E-Y-G-R-I-F-F-I-N official.com. On Twitter, I'm Ash, at Ashley J. Griffin. Um, and then on Facebook and Instagram, I'm Ashley Griffin official. So please come stalk me. Um, come say hi. Um, I Chris gets all this wonderful feedback from stuff, but like I never hear about it. So for all I know, it's just like me and Chris, like listening to ourselves talk about movies all the time. Yes, please send all the positive feedback to Ashley and just send me <laughs> the negative feedback. So this way she doesn't have to see that. So I'll I'll take the negative. But um, no, this, this has been great. And folks, you can listen to this podcast. Ashley looked in the most recent podcast. Just like... <laughs> I love it. Um, folks, you can listen to this podcast and all of our podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network at onstageblog.com. We've got over a dozen podcasts, including Ashley's very own podcast, Stage Directions, which Yay! is getting rave reviews because it's so informative so educational um and really is a different spin than most theatrical podcasts out there so i definitely encourage you to take a look at that and that is available not only on our website but also on um spotify apple podcasts tune in red i mean every podcast thing you can imagine it's on there so um definitely take a listen to that today so really appreciate it actually thank you so much for some time today i appreciate thank it you. i can't wait for the next time me neither. I can't wait to see what you come up with because uh, it's your choice. I mean, I, I've got all these musicals, but whatever you want to do is is fine by me. So this is great. Oh my gosh. Fern Gully. No, Fern Gully would actually be really fun. I'm still sad that you've done Damn Yankees because Damn Yankees is like the musical that changed my life. I have so much to say about that. Um, oh, we'll find some fun stuff. We'll I, keep, stuff. I, I keep getting very excited for Cats coming out. I feel like we could have a great discussion about about cats oh my gosh oh my gosh i can't wait i can't wait all right folks well we'll see you next week right here on the movie musical shakedown